And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, Jersey. It may be the preseason, but I'm still going to call it. I'm still going to say it's game week number one. Look, are the Chiefs right now in St. Joe game planning for the intricacies of the Chicago Bears? No, I mean, probably not. No, definitely not. But listen, we've been talking about guys in short. We've been talking about, think about this. Walk back in time with me, okay? Remember that AFC Championship game? Now forget about it. Don't think about it too hard. It just, it happened. Super Bowl, quiet, offseason, the draft. We're watching college dudes running around in their underwear trying to figure out if they're going to be good at football or not. The draft itself, we're covering every angle of guys having their names read. Then there's a little bit of practice for just like a second, then it goes away. Then shorts practice, then it goes away. Then padded practices and training camp. Now we've made it to the Chiefs putting on their real game uniforms and lining up from a team also wearing their real game uniforms. If that's not a game, Nate Taylor, I don't know what is. Oh, yes. I mean, look, we've almost made it, guys. Again, you know, the... It reminds me of what I said last year, um, and obviously the 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 warm reception we've received from from Miss K Adams. But look, man, it's that first cut of like steak. It's just that first. It's the first cut, and that's even it. if it's even if it's like the first cut of like the like the cheapest steak money can buy. Yes, it's, we've been vegan for like six months. We've been making it exactly, work with soybeans. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you haven't tasted steak. Sorry, cheese fans. Since they lost to the Cincinnati Eagles in the AFC Ch- in the AFC Championship game, where they kind of collapsed, I mean, you, we can we can delete kind of from that sentence. But look, <laughs> at that point, you couldn't have steak, and life can go on. Seafood, you should give it a try. It's amazing. Right. Pasta, oh, nothing quite satisfies you like pasta. Yeah, mix a salad in there, but there's a reason they say steak night. Mm. there's a reason you know there's a reason i can look at seth seth can look at me and i can say steak night and he knows the exact <laughs> reference gonna eat it right <laughs> i mean he knows the exact reference Special treat it is the world's best meat i mean it like <laughs> this is why we're here so look it's not it's not it's not prime right <laughs> it ain't even kansas city cut Okay, like it's not even this has even there's no bones on this dog, but (laughs) it is that first slice of meat. It is the Chicago Bears meat. I mean, (laughs) it's awesome. We might be getting a burger through the McDonald's drive through, but it's beef. And and I'm going to I'm going to house it. Seth, hey, we, hey. we were talking. We were talking right. Oh, do you want to defend the uh, the honor of a McDonald's burger? Sorry, now, you know, you know. I thought to myself, <laughs> "What are you doing?" So no, 
But you <laughs> know what? what I do eat. still eat McDonald's. We all do. And yeah. I, you know what? I'm here. I, I'm I'm here. Me and Jim Gaffigan are here to defend the honor of McDonald's <laughs> because everyone still eats it. They make a hundred gajillion dollars a year, and everyone's like, "Oh, I don't eat that." You know what? It is like an addiction. People are ashamed to admit it, but I bet you've eaten McDonald's within the last two weeks. Every one of you listening to this, you probably have. Even if you live in Kansas City and you're within a 30-minute drive of a Joe's, you've still eaten McDonald's at some point <laughs> instead. There's a McDonald's right down the street from, from the Leewood location of Joe's. And every time I drive by it, I'm like, how? Like, <laughs> what? How? And I'm here defending McDonald's right now, but I'm like, how does that work? Like... How does anyone ever do that? But anyway, I don't mind McDonald's. I'll say it. Oh, I that's mean. It's really brave. I mean, I wasn't trying to believe on McDonald's. It just felt like the cheapest beef I could think of. I, I legit don't think right. I've, I think I've probably had McDonald's like once in the last six months, maybe, um, which is not me being snobby because the next sentence I'm about to say is that I've had Taco Bell twice this week. Sure, <laughs> sure. That's fair. So it's okay. just, for me, it's a different okay. drug. Now, it's a different drug. That's look, all. Look, maybe, maybe the equivalent here is like, McDonald's just right hash browns. That's like, oh yeah. That's like you know, it's it's it's, it's a nice scrimmage on a on a on a family oh, weekend. You you crack that hash brown in half, steam comes out. That's more than a scrimmage. If it's a, like it's more than temp, a scrimmage. It's a scrimmage, okay. it's a scrimmage okay. if it's just room temperature, maybe. Okay, but you know, no, I'm defending McDonald's. Exactly. The <laughs> the beauty of this is is how tender will this first slice of steak be. <laughs> And I'm and I'm and I'm putting the entire the entire onus on Isaiah Pacheco, <laughs> young man. If you can make this this one slice of beef, it like extremely enjoyable. I will I will gladly shake your hand and say Joe next week. Um, sure. There's like new receivers and like a couple new running backs, including Pacheco. Uh, I don't know how much. Carlos Dunlap is gonna play, but like you know, that's a little little wrinkle. You know, maybe that, maybe that, maybe the salt on this first steak is a little George Karloftis on you. So I don't know what we're gonna get. Andy is usually like traditional in this manner, so you're gonna probably see the rookies more than the experienced players. Um, I just, I just love the idea that for whatever reason. We're going to treat this thing like it's really important. And then with about nine minutes left in the second quarter, we're all going to realize we've been bamboozled yet again by the start yep. of the preseason. Yeah. Uh, that that usually takes, like, it depends on how the first drive goes. Like, there's a lot here. So, I mean, there's a lot of um, a lot of comparisons you could make. I beat one to death. <laughs> when training camp started about being a, a starving man, getting his first bite to eat or a, a dehydrated man going through the <laughs> desert. I mean, and I beat that thing to death. Cause I was like, what did I say? You know, some food is empty calories and some water is contaminated with bacteria. I think is what I wrote. <laughs> I, I'm, this isn't my best work. And it was one of those times right after I wrote, I was like, man, people are going to realize I'm a fraud. Uh, it was, it was rough, but with preseason, you you it just depends how those first couple series goes and i found that if those go well or at least are fun people tend to watch more of the game and then it's usually by the time we get to like when the second quarter begins because andy often does it seems like the first quarter Mm -hmm. then you get to the second quarter and you make it through like one series where it's like who 
And like, and it's like, and, and that's me. And I know who a lot of these guys are, but you see the difference when you have, it's the lines really that mess with things. When you have the backup offensive line versus the backup defensive line, it's just mm. chaos. Um, And usually, and this is one of my favorite parts of preseason, the number two unit or number three unit on one team is way better than yep. the number two or three unit on the other team. <laughs> you saying that, that, are you saying that might occur on Saturday, Seth? And, and it might. Like, there's a chance. Like, we don't know who Carl Loftus will be as a rookie. But let's say, I mean, he he is really good. He's what the Chiefs want him to be. He'll probably still get snaps deep into the second and third quarter. And if he is who they think he is, That'll be kind of funny. And the problem for like Bears fans, they'll be like, well, how am I supposed to enjoy anything? But it's like, <laughs> hot, boom. And again, the play is over. And so that's kind of fun. I'm just excited for real football. Because like training camp, like kind of like you said, you training camp with pads, that's more real. Training camp in shorts, that's at least existing, right? Mm-hmm. OTAs, sure, why not? But this is this is actual football, actual live reps against people actually trying to win rather than just working on technique. And so you can start to learn something about guys you don't already know a lot about or guys you have questions on. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And I, I was telling you guys before we got started that I'm working right now, um, probably published for people who are listening to this, depending on what time you're listening on like, you know, players that I'm interested in watching. And I ended up with, like, I was starting, I was like, oh, I'm going to do five. I was like, oh, no, no. And ended up being 10. And then I had like four honorable mentions. And so there's a lot that I'm interested in. It's and only then, a 90-man roster, man. I don't, how do I, <laughs> <laughs> how did you come up with 14 guys that you're like, uh, I just can't wait? Seth, are you, are you, are you? Mike Berganzi? Are, are, <laughs> what are we doing? Are you the assistant general manager? Christian snaps. He's gotten some first team snaps at right tackle. There could be a maybe a bit of a competition there, and even though they're probably just trying to do the swing tackle, thing, swing tackle, swing, swing, hey, swing, hey. swing. I just like who do I leave off here? I mean, Juju Moore, Brown, Pacheco, Clark, Clark Loftus, Bolton, McDuffie. Don't make me laugh, Cook. I can't leave him off. I can't leave off. I can't leave off any of these guys. If so Frank Clark so, does something so you're, noteworthy in so you're this Mike, game, you're, you're Mike Bradway. That, that's who you are. That's no. you're Mike okay. Bradway. All right, hear hear me out on the Frank Clark one because <laughs> it's a good place to start. Maybe I guess I don't know. Everything we've heard has been like the new Frank Clark. Yeah, Fair he's enough. made out of adamantium now. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, so I, so hold on, hold on, everybody. I just want to let you know for right now. Seth is basically Tim Terry, the director of player personnel. <laughs> yeah, right now I am. Are you sure I'm not more like a PR guy right now? You know what it is. But no, I, he he was the headliner or the first guy I wrote about when I was talking about uh, training camp storylines and whether I think they're real or fantasy, which is totally a game we should play today. But whatever, you know, you guys make a choice. And I, so I wrote the new Frank Clark. I asked before the show if there was anything either of you wanted to talk about. And I got 30 seconds of silence. Then eventually Nate said, sounds good to me. So don't put that on me. I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't really have a retort to that. So I'm just going to push through. You just didn't think that I would remember or or put out our dirty laundry. Yeah, Time's ours fraying. <laughs> We're coming apart at the seams. This is Clyde Edwards Alaire all over again. Um, so I. Do you, I mean, do you mean, sorry, Seth, do you mean, did you say it's Clyde Edwards Alaire all over again? Because by the end of it, I was ultimately proven clearly right. <laughs> is that why it's the same? 
So anyway, Frank Clark, um, the new Frank Clark, and, and ultimately, in some ways, Josh, you were right. In other more important ways, you were wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's, um, no, that's true. Um, so anyway, <laughs> with, with Frank Clark, it's this new Frank Clark. And I actually wrote for Real or Fantasy. I said I think it's a fantasy. Not because I don't believe that he means it, but just it's weird for a player to have three down years in a row and then suddenly recapture remotely what they used to be. Hmm. Especially guys that look like they weigh like 240 pounds soaking wet and are power-based edge rushers. And so I, that's I've got it down as a fantasy, and I'd love to be wrong. But here's the cool thing about Frank Clark. I, I would be stunned if he gets very many snaps, if like any. But... If he does, it should be really apparent because the things that are supposedly different about him this year are very readily apparent things, right? The burst off the line. Does he have any of his strength back from his kind of heyday? All that. So I do find that really interesting. It's like the shortest part, though, in the article. So I don't have a problem. You have a problem. I just was surprised that he was on your list because I, I just don't expect to see a, a whole ton of him. Um, but I do want to go through a couple of the other ones. I think there are some places where where maybe we might uh, we might be able to find some spots to to either agree or disagree on the on your verdicts. But um, Nate, did you have anything you wanted to add on the on the Frank Clark front? I also want to at least touch on some of the news of this week. A few little moves that I want to get your take on, too. No, I, th- I think Seth has done a masterful job and. I don't want to um, cause any more harm to our <laughs> listeners through our through our bickering. That's a that's a peacemaker right there. Uh, well, then then here are the few pieces of news from the uh, the, the last time we did a show. The Chiefs signed uh, most recently USFL wide receiver Devin Gray. Kind of a fun story. Don't know that he's necessarily uh, sprinting up the depth chart. Um, but then also shortly thereafter, they cut DeAndre Baker, a, a mm. name we spent a lot of time talking about for quite a while. I'll, I'll give my very quick. Um, thought on him, which is that I'm, it just kind of bums me out because as far as we could tell, he was extorted and got cut and then got another chance and then broke his leg and yep. then came back from that and then got cut during training camp again. Um, just, I don't know, all, that that path can I, makes me sad. Can I say why it's not sad? Sure. At least for me and my perspective on this. Is it, um, the, is it, is it the timing? No, uh, um, although that certainly helps. Andy tries to do a good thing for players where he cuts them earlier than maybe you would anticipate so that they could hopefully catch on or get their, you know, get their, um, get a feel for the rest of the landscape of the league earlier than usual to see if they can get on a spot elsewhere. So there is that, um, Josh, but for me, when he had that injury, I thought he was never, ever, Mm. ever going to play football again. Mm -hmm. So what I've told, a couple of our peers, uh, probably more specifically Matt Derrick, who I love and have watched just about all these camp practices with, is it was about probably a week in the camp where I turned to Matt and I just said, hey, the fact that this man is walking yeah. on his own, everything after that is a bonus. Like, mm-hmm. like it is... So it's not necessarily disappointing to me because I never thought the odds were in his favor. From the moment he played well in that stupid regular season finale game uh, where he needed to show something, and he did, and then unfortunately in a game that was inconsequential, 
Uh, broke his leg in a place that I don't ever want to see that again, kids. Ever. Yeah. Uh, so the surgeon did a fantastic job, but I mean, I'm just I'm just happy he can walk, and that it's not as that it's not a more serious injury than it could have been, based on how it occurred. And and I remember Andy kind of being moved by it, uh, or be, you know, just sort of like it's just jarring because it, he like he sort of explained this like. Like these are the freakiest of the freak accidents that you can have mm. in football. Um, so yes, it's unfortunate, but uh, I'm just happy that like he's healthy as an individual. Um, so that's why it's not necessarily super sad for me because it could have mm-hmm. been much worse. Yeah, no, that's a good point and good perspective. And also, he he worked out with the Cardinals. I, the news of that broke just uh, I don't know about half an hour ago from from when we were doing the show right now. So. Um, maybe that'll give him a chance. Hey, to hey dog, you got that playbook, cuz? Hey, cuz? Hey, hey, man. Hey, hey. Hey, I heard you was, I heard you was with them boys down in St. Joe. They leave anything behind. You take any screenshots? That's a good, that's a really good point. That did not that cross my mind. That is a terrific point. Yeah. Wow. Well, hey, 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 you got any phone numbers? Can we, can we bug somebody? <laughs> I, let me rephrase this. DeAndre Baker worked out with the Cardinals. I hope they pay him if they're going to yes. get information out of yes. it. I hope he gets some money out of the yes, interaction. Do. Well, you know, I might have some coach, but you know, money kind of tight right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I might have something. I mean, I, sorry, am I on the roster right now? I'm having a really hard time hearing what you're asking me, coach. My connection's not so good. I mean, look, yeah. I, I saw some formations, some in, some interesting personnel, coach. They was doing something to us on the defense. So I would love. I would love it. I would love to see like DeAndre Baker responding via email in like the form of a clickbait thing. It's like they had Sky more lined up the backfield and you won't believe what happened next. To read more, please send a contract for the twenty twenty two. I like I hope everybody understands that this is the joke, but kinda not. And yep. and I hope everybody enjoyed it. Cause yeah, I mean, look, Cliff knows what's up. They about to put it on us, and I need anything that can help us. <laughs> I, uh, I, this feels like an appropriate time to mention that I don't think I've ever gotten as much feedback on a bit we've done as the uh, oh. noise translator last oh, week. Oh man, I there was a small number of people that did not enjoy the bit, which I also <laughs> Sorry, don't guys. hear about all that often. Mostly people enjoyed the bit. I believe you didn't enjoy it the first time. Listen to it a second time, and you'll either uh, be angrier or uh, you'll figure it out. But either way, it's uh, I appreciate everybody who uh, made a point to say that they enjoyed that bit, because I enjoyed that bit very much. Uh, other piece of news. Yesterday, the Chiefs signed Danny Shelton, defensive tackle, former first-round pick, um, which is how you know Brett Veach was involved personally. <laughs> a Brett Veach special. It really is. Uh, he uh, he played three years with the, the Browns, which is where he was drafted. Spent a couple years in New England, then, then Detroit two years ago, the Giants last year. And um, if you're a former first round pick who, you know, after six or seven years in the league, you're signing on in August, that's probably a pretty good um, sign as to kind of where you're at. But Nate, is there is there anything else there that, that people ought to know? Who does this impact? And also, I just want to make out uh, make out the point that uh, Pro Football Reference does have his nickname listed as Feast Mode. And that concludes <laughs> my analysis. <laughs> <laughs> Feast now, Mode? 
<laughs> that is such a killer nickname. It's really incredible. Oh. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. That is that is my original reaction, kids. Oh. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> That's Shout so out good. to Aaron Ladd for pointing that out. Really are that natural? Yeah. Like, oh they're my just, god! They're clever and people. Everyone tries to force nicknames on everyone, right? And and that kind of natural thing, <laughs> like you could just picture some someone's dad was visiting the locker room and was like, ah, oh, more like feast mode. And every player clapped. That's exactly what happened. So, so look, we'll, we'll get, we'll get a look at him pretty soon. Um, you know, what's fascinating is that the Patriots, um, probably got him on the right track. Um, but also, you know, what does this say? And I think you asked us this mm. in our text, Seth, but like, what does this say about the rest of the roster? Mm. And I think we're going to find out something pretty soon. Um, Taylor mm. Stallworth, who was sort of a, you know, um, under the radar, you could say acquisition, uh, kind of similar uh, to Shelton, you know, uh, a guy that has play, you know, he has experience, uh, has a little bit of uh, burst to him. He has not, Performed as well as I thought he would in camp, and now he's dealing with a knee contusion. Uh, was what we were told earlier this week. So I don't know if if Stallworth is going to play on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That'll be something we'll follow up on Thursday, the last practice before the team goes to to Chicago. Um, I think Derek Nadi has solidified his spot. Obviously, you know that's your mm-hmm. projected starter next to Chris Jones. Um, I think Tershawn Wharton has had some great one on one reps and looks to be in phenomenal shape. Um, past that, which obviously involves Chris Jones, it's like, I will never say a bad thing about Colin Saunders. By the way, uh, he had a birthday. Shout out to him. Uh, still the athletic freak that I know him to be. It's just, Hey, can you do it consistently for a full season? That Mm -hmm. remains to be seen past those four guys. Unless I'm missing something. There's a reason why they've moved Mike Dana inside more than I anticipated in training camp. And I think that's Mm. because maybe they understand from a number standpoint, Ooh, not what we had anticipated. So there's a chance if, you know, Shelton does well in the second or the third preseason game that he will, you know, maybe secure one of those last roster spots. Hmm. Okay. Um, Well then why don't we go ahead and talk about the game some, because there are guys that obviously, Nate, you've been watching every day and, and often guys that you're talking to. And then, Seth, you've touched on a whole bunch of the uh, camp storylines that you are and aren't buying into. Of course, you can read all of Nate's work over on theathletic.com. That's the website. You've probably heard of it. And then for Seth, the uh, Chief in the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com will be the spot. You can check out the uh, the, the storylines here that he's gone through and then um, the incoming 47 guys he's most excited to watch on Saturday. Uh, it's going to have to come through in a couple emails if you're subscribed that way, but it will get to you. It'll just be a very large file. Uh, let's start with <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco. Let's start with Lil Poppy. Lil Poppy has demanded his respect and the hype train is going chugga, chugga, chugga right along. Nate, I want you to tell me what you have seen and more importantly, I think, what you have heard. And by heard, I mean from one particular uh, assistant coach who's not the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator, but might be kind of on that level. Uh, and then, and then Seth, you just let me know uh, if that is a, uh, if that's fantasy or, or real hype there on Pacheco. Um, until proven otherwise, we're going to just, I'm just going to say it's real. Okay, uh, this man is a star. He is a oh. camp. He is a training camp legend. 
uh, he really hasn't made any mistakes. And the thing that, that just blows my mind is a seventh round pick usually does not get just a ton of praise from Dave Tope. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I've come to really enjoy and the thing, mm-hmm. and, Sorry, the thing <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. and the thing I just love the 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 uh the changing of the roles here. Um, Dave Tobe I've not, I haven't heard Dave Tobe talk about any player this much maybe ever. I the, you could, his I, you have to see the video or be there in person obviously. But Nate, can you just confirm that whenever he talks about Isaiah Pacheco, his hearts the pupils of his eyes turn into little hearts. Uh, I mean, there's a grin. There's a there's just there's just a twinkle in his eye. Uh. Again, for right now, he is a training camp legend. So he's bigger than Clyde Edwards Alaire, um, both with your eyes and on the roster sheet. Clyde Edwards Alaire is listed on paper as 207 pounds. Isaiah Pacheco is 216. He's also protect he's also projected to be faster than Clyde Edwards Alaire. Um, so if he's bigger than Clyde Edwards Alaire and he's faster than him, he must have been a first round pick. Chiefs believe they might have found something. Woo! So look, we know Clyde's a good football player. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, yes. I, I, I saw the elbow. I saw the eyebrow raise. I saw your elbow go up. You're gonna raise your hand. I know you want to. <laughs> I know you want to argue with me. Not me. I don't. He's a good football player. Say it with me. Clyde Edwards Alaire is, is a, a good, good football player. player. Okay, now. Did you whisper it, Seth? Are you afraid? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I genuinely did not know that that was a participation moment for me. This whole show's a participation moment. <laughs> so That was a really good summary of one of the things that I do that drives you nuts. Nuts. Is he doesn't. This whole show is participation for you. There, there are no off moments when you're one of three. <laughs> it's not like there's 17 of us. Uh, no, I'm sorry. No, Clyde edwards Alaire is a good football player. Thank also, you. Also, just out of curiosity, what height do the Chiefs have him listed at? Because oh, it's, it is. it's, it's, look, look, Clyde, I see you out here. Yeah. Five, seven. Is that what he's listed at or that's what you're listing him at? No, that's on paper. Okay. On the. <laughs> I put him is, in a. He in is a good, five, seven. In a really good set of shoes. I could see it. Why do it to this man like that? Man, look, I look. I'm five nine on my best day. So I mean, now I used to think I was five ten. Then I found out I was five nine. Either I've shrunk. Yeah, or I've you kind of shrink over time. That's that's hey, what they easy, tell you. Easy, easy. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Very you, you, you know, um, you know, biologically, you, your body deteriorates in a in a shrink manner. Well, let um, me just tell you, I've when had you the stop, when you stop, when you stop. Getting your athletic peak. <laughs> when you're so on the, when that's you're on why the, I've been shrinking since I was 16. When you're on the, when you're on the twilight of this uh, this year journey, not the not the rise, the twilight. Right, uh, right. So, uh, Pacheco, why are you a I, hater, Seth? I, I, <laughs> so, I just can't believe it until I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. Hey, or no, hey, wait, I'll hey, see hey, it when I believe it. Hey, there you go. Hey. 
he is a camp legend until he's proven otherwise. Until proven otherwise. And that's, he's, hey, he's on my list. He made number nine of players that I'm most interested in on Saturday because we're going to know pretty quickly. Because that's one thing about running back. Like, running back really is a position where, like, you see it or you don't. And his college film is 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 good. It's not incredible. His offensive line was terrible. Um, sorry, guys, if any of you listened to me. <laughs> Seems unlikely. I was, I was gonna say something about the quarterback, but look, the, the, but no, you see, oh, what, you see, I ain't Ooh. even gotta worry about that. That's one problem. Like, <laughs> I, I only watch pro stuff. I only break down pro. Film. It's so hard. And when oh. I like when I was watching receivers oh. for the Your Draft Crow series, I was like, man, there's not like. 30 good quarterbacks. Dude, there's not even 10. Nah, it's bad. Like At least last year. From- now, now there are years in the past where it's like, oh, there's some pretty competent guys. You can see guys on a certain per, you know trajectory to, to being really good. Dog, last year was rough. No, last year was rough. And, like, you see it with receivers. And that's why when people talk about, like, college stats, it's like, look, man, that dude, <laughs> that dude is a way better quarterback than I am for sure. Yes, but, but not as by not by as much as you'd like. Yeah, yeah, not by as much as he should be. Um, you know what? Before I talk about this, I have a call coming in from my wife. I gotta step away. I'm sorry, guys. That's okay. I, I'll talk about Pacheco because he, here's the thing. Seth just said he has him at number nine on his like excited to see him list. Yes. I, I think he's number one for me. I, I I I I could probably build an argument for a couple other guys here or there. But really, I, I like I like this this uh, ability for partially what what Seth just said. We're going to actually be able to gauge him in a preseason game uh, more so than we will for like Sky Moore, because we're not going to see how the Chiefs actually want to use Sky Moore. But I bet we're going to see Isaiah Pacheco take a handoff and return a kick. And I want to see what he looks like with the ball in his hands at the NFL level. Yeah, exactly. And I'll just say for realistic purposes, for purposes of like weeks one through five, Mm -hmm. um, the person I'm most interested to watch is actually Juju Smith-Schuster. Sure. Um, the most consistent receiver so far into training camp, which is slightly different from the offseason program, which that was uh, Marquez Valdez Scantlin. Um, I hope all of this audio stays in. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. What Nate and I just realized this is the magic of podcasting. What we just realized is that Seth didn't like mute his mic or he just his kept Zoom. It going. Uh, so he might have. Maybe he muted in his recording, or maybe not. Maybe maybe Kent is gonna have a bad time going through and silencing a bunch of audio. I don't know, but we, <laughs> oh, we can no. hear it. Can you mute your recording? Well, you could definitely mute your Zoom for sure. That one I know. That I could do. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep it that's, all. That's okay. It's okay. Th- that's okay. There was just a little bit of background noise, but but Nate pointed it out, and I hope no, are I things am... good at the house? Are we okay? No, no, or... things are good. I'm actually at the office. My kids called me from the Alexa to let me know that my wife wanted me to know that she lost her phone. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, Te- technology know. at its finest. <laughs> just chaos, man. <laughs> Like, this is, I, I just, when the robot overlords come for us, it's going to be through Alexa. We all know it. Night, night. Um, and that's, <laughs> my, my kids will be like, Alexa, are you listening to everything we say? And Alexa will be like, privacy is very important. to the And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but you heard that, didn't you? Sure anyway. Did. I don't, I, I, to be clear, man, I don't think the Alexa was your problem there. I think it was your kids. Yeah, that's probably fair as well. I So, 
where do you guys want me to pick up? I was going to no. say something about Isaiah. Pacheco. <laughs> no, no, we we were talking about Pacheco while you were gone. It's it. We're good. We're we're oh. all we're all excellent. Um, oh, okay. and I and we already talked about Frank Clark some. So so right. Nate, why don't you give me like you mentioned Juju? Do you, I don't know if you want to talk about him anymore. I my my Juju hype is going to be reserved for Arizona. I think. Oh, okay. Um, because I just I I don't I don't want to believe anything that we see in the preseason as reflective of of what the team is going to look like in the regular season. But you, like you said, you've, you've been seeing him like be the standout guy in camp and, and that's yeah. noteworthy. Yeah, exactly. And so I think there's um, ways that they can utilize him in the preseason. That'll give you, that'll give you an idea, but it won't be exactly obviously what you see week one. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that we can take from last preseason, last year's preseason stretch is that we kind of realized pretty quickly in the Arizona game. That was week two, I believe that the Chiefs were going to have a, a a pretty good offensive line, mm. um, and that and that proved to be you know a fact. So if I'm thinking in terms of that, I may say, hey, if Juju is open running alongside Kelsey, this can also be transferable in September in a number of different ways. Mm. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I. I want to see how the Chiefs use Willie Gay, um, and it may be very vanilla, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of to Seth's point about like traits and just seeing it physically in a game like scenario. Because um, I'm pretty sure what I'm going to get out of Nick Bolton. I think the I think the I think the straw in this drink could be Willie Gay, if that makes yeah, sense. Absolutely. Um, so how they use him will be fascinating. You're going to see a lot of Trent McDuffie, uh, and you know, I mean, they have five rookies in the, in the secondary. So I, my assumption is you'll see a lot of those guys play a lot of snaps because Spagnolo basically told us, um, very bluntly, I want to see these guys sneak at, at a very mm-hmm. fast pace in a, mm-hmm. in a, you know, game like setting so that we can take all that information and, and sort of prepare them for, uh, September as well. So there's there's things to like, you know, get a feel for. Um, but the way Andy makes this work is you should really be setting your calendars for the Washington, I don't know what they call uh in week two of the preseason. Can I can I write can I write that in the in the athletic the Washington yeah. I don't know what they call it, which is a lot of hype. <laughs> the Washington such and such is. <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna end up unironically calling them the Washington football team from here on out just because just that one fun. I know works. It's yeah, just and it's so just like, fun. Even it, it, with that with that not being their official name, they are still the football team in Washington. True. So I I think I'm I think they're just the Washington football team forever. The Washington, uh, I don't even know what they do in these days. Well, the Commanders is such a generic name. Like, I get what they're they're like, okay, we had a name that was among many, many other problematic things. Last time we went what with a racial slur. What about this time? Just yeah. something everybody's gonna forget immediately. What is cool? Something, great work. Yeah. It, like it, that was like it's kind of like they went the opposite route. Like they went with like the uh the uh, Glendale human beings, like yeah. you know, they're <laughs> just like great references ah. in this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are like this is very very pop culturey, <laughs> old pop culturey, but pop culturey. So th- they seem to go that route. Um, I there's definitely not a ton you can take from like the results of preseason games, the team overall. One of my favorite things about preseason though is the vanilla stuff 
means that there's not as much schematic advantage or disadvantage as hmm. normal. Yeah. And what that means is like O-line versus D-line, one-on-one. You are just, hey, we're not running a bunch of stunts. They might run some stunts, some blitzes, some stuff, um, depending on the team. But it's like, you see that dude in front of you there, George Karloftis? That is their right tackle or their left tackle. It looks like a passing down. Go beat that man and get us get a sack. And he can either do it or he can't. One on one. And that's there's value in that. You know, same with receivers, you're going to probably see some pretty vanilla zone stuff if much, but you you're also going to see a lot of man because teams want to know, "Hey, can you play man coverage?" Mm-hmm. Um I can't remember what defensive coordinator. It might have even been Saban actually. Uh, who commented, like, eventually every corner has to be able to play man. Like, no matter how slick you are. And, I mean, this is the guy that, you know, basically created pattern match stuff, which I'm sure some coach will correct me on. But, I mean, the, you you need you need to know if they can play man, which means you get to see receivers against man. And sooner or later as a wide receiver, when push comes to shove, can you beat one-on-one coverage? Because that's where the Chiefs struggled, right? Last year, they... Everyone knows, blah, 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 too high, Hill, Kelsey, Halo coverage, et cetera. And no one else could consistently beat man coverage. Do they have someone who can do that? These are things that you can see in preseason. And so I'm excited for that stuff. That's the reason, like, all the guys that I'm excited to watch are guys, there's like a particular trait that I'm curious if they can demonstrate it against another professional team, even if that team is the Bears. Another professional asterisk team like that. Yeah, absolutely. The Washington Uh, Average Joes. Scratch that. The Washington Joes. Washington Washington Joes. Oh, what a missed opportunity. That one's good. I like that. The Washington Dudes. No, Joes is better. Yeah, it really is. By the way, by the way, color scheme kind of of fits, fellas. Uh, They really, it is an incredible missed opportunity. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Um, Seth, you also wrote uh, about Marquez Valdez Scantling a little bit uh, in this piece, and, and Nate, because you mentioned Juju kind of stepping stepping out in front as the guy here, I, I'm interested in what you have and I guess haven't seen from Valdez Scantling, and and then Seth, why you are uh, where where you're at right now on particularly the the element of it that you wrote about. Um, Valdez Scantling um could be a little cleaner in some routes little crisper and has a tendency to drop the deep ball. That has been sort of a, a storyline in the second half as to where we are now in camp. Juju has mostly just caught everything. Like he, like, I wonder if I can, I don't know. I, this is, I'm doing this for you guys. But what, what my hope is, sometime next week because I can get some time with Juju and I can ask him how much of watching Travis Kelsey run routes is instructional for him within Mm -hmm. this offense because they're not the same type, but they're pretty close. Mm -hmm. And um, I I just think the more I've seen it, the more reliable I'm starting to see what the Chiefs projected in the in the offseason in free agency when they when they signed Juju to where it's like, oh, this can be there, there can be something here. And uh as long as he stays healthy, I'm not I'm less um I guess from a fan's perspective, like I would be less worried about Juju in terms of stability, productivity, um, understanding the system fairly quickly. And being available for the quarterback in a way that is just, hey, professional wide receiver, commendable work. Um, for Valdez Scantlin, like it appears to me that they are going to they're going to get this man open. Um, hmm. It's just a matter of some of the things he had in Green Bay, which is, you know, uh, can he track the ball well, and can he be prepared for like the speed of which it's coming? I still think there are times where Mahomes just like lets it go. And any of us would be like, wow, that thing in the air. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then the ball just kind of like sells by you. Um, or you don't get like you don't you don't grab it the the way that they would teach you or the way that they would hope that you would do it on a repeatable basis. These are slight slippage stuff. I wouldn't say it's like anything glaring. You know, these are things that like McColl had to learn like pretty mm-hmm. quickly in his first training camp. So, I, you know, from having this experience, I can. I can 
tend to understand it. Um, but my hope is that they'll they'll do a lot of quick stuff in the preseason. Um, this is my guess. They'll do a lot of quick stuff. They won't show anything elaborate or deep, but like quick stuff, timing stuff, things where you're seeing what the quarterback seeing and you connect immediately uh, and then get off the field. <laughs> and then get off. <laughs> Stay healthy. It's worth noting that that Soldier Field is kind of a dumpster fire. Mm. And that's that's not great. Like, that's not where you want Patrick Mahomes running around a bunch. Um, you know, they, there's there's a lot at stake there. Um, with MVS, just for what it's worth, his drop rate has fluctuated throughout his career. Generally speaking, it's been fine. Yeah. Um, his drop rate in eight, 2018 was 6.8%, 2019, 5.4%, 2020, 11.1%. You're like, whoa. And then 2021, it was zero. So yep. overall, it's been not great, but not terrible. Um, and I think, but I do think he's a guy because there was some talk in OTAs and early in camp. Oh, he was, like, a, he was yeah. incredible in OTAs. And, and then the pads came on and he is not a guy. He accelerates in a straight line well and he's got a great top speed and he tracks the ball solidly. That's what makes him a really good deep threat. But those, those, that change of direction stuff that has hindered him his whole career, that becomes much more important when the pads come on and someone's hindering you in and out of your breaks. That's just every year this happens, and he is the type of player that's going to benefit from practices with a little less contact. And so I, I really do think the contract they gave him makes sense for a guy that they're like, we need a legitimate deep threat. He's a legitimate deep threat. But this talk of him being more than what he really was in Green Bay, I, I'd be surprised by that. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's let's get out of the receiver room then. Also, Nate, you might have a little extra to give us on this front because coming soon to the athletic, uh, we, we mentioned the uh, the rookie defensive backs a little bit. Uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, to the the idea earlier that you guys pointed out of, hey, whenever you're out here in the preseason, there's no extra no extra dressing. It's just the vanilla. Hey, this guy versus this guy. Maybe guys like Trent McDuffie and, and Brian Cook and uh, certainly Joshua Williams, who is at Fayetteville State. I don't know if we've ever mentioned that on the show, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm super interested, Nate, in what you have seen from those guys, because I feel like just by the maybe it's the nature of being the team's first pick. And the position he plays, but I haven't heard a lot about Trent McDuffie. I've uh, I had other people tell me they haven't heard much about Trent McDuffie and mm. asking why they haven't heard more about Trent McDuffie. Um, and then Williams working in, Cook working in, and I know you got something coming soon to the Athletic that uh, specifically covers those uh, those first two DBs. Yeah, so um, I think the thing that has been really interesting to watch is that early in camp, um, similar to what Seth says, uh, NVS was was working instructing how about that he was instructing trip mcduffie on some things um and then for someone for whatever reason they were getting lined up a lot and it was a matchup that i just really appreciated because you know mvs has the length um that and the height that that trip mcduffie doesn't like so or doesn't have excuse me so he's gonna have to get adjusted to that because i mean all these receivers are basically freaks in the nfl um the cool thing about brian cook is that he is Dan Sorensen right now, and the hope is that he will be better than what Dan Sorensen was last year. But that's his role. He's the third safety. Um, I've seen him in dime, seen him in a little bit of nickel. Uh, you know, sometimes they rotate him in with the ones, uh, just so we can get an understanding of what that two safety look uh, is supposed to be. Um, the cool thing about Brian Cook is that. Uh, 
you're going to get a more real version of him because the thing that I know Seth loved so well in college is when he hit you, you fell down. <laughs> like you, <laughs> you, you stopped moving. Well, I think safeties are the weird position in an Andy Reid training camp where, like, they really, you know, you're not really supposed to tackle guys to the ground. You know, there are some nine on seven run periods where it gets a little, you know, you can hear some of that pop. Um, but for the safeties, it's like, hey, just, you know, run, get your run fits, get your assignments, get your angles right, you know. Um, but he'll get to actually tackle someone in a real football game on Saturday. And so I think there's an element of physicality along with closing speed and just versatility from a younger body that could maybe uh, help this team in a way that is, you know, uh, that I think Steve Spagnuolo is starting to appreciate. Um, There are more details about uh, Brian Cook that you will read more in The Athletic. I'll just leave it there. Uh, With Trent McDuffie, he a starter. You ain't got to worry about him. Uh, He has some inside-outside flexibility. My assumption, my prediction, my projection is that he will probably stay on the outside and let Legere Snead handle uh, the responsibilities of whether he's outside or inside, hmm. depending upon the matchups and, and who they're playing from a week-to-week standpoint. Uh, it's nice for him to have, but it'll be a little easier, I think, to transition McDuffie that way. Rashad Fenton, by the way, practiced for the first time on Tuesday in pads. So if everything goes right with him, he will be the opposite outside corner. Um, so in a... You know, this is part of the story, but before they ever played their first preseason game this year, Steve Spagnuolo does know the way his safeties and, and the secondary, how it's really supposed to look. Mm-hmm. You got your three cornerbacks and McDuffie, Sneed, and Fenton, and then you have your three safeties with obviously Juan Thornhill, Justin Reed, and Brian Cook. Seth, you've you've written uh, also about the just general wave of rookies defensively. We've talked about Karloftis already. What about the DBs? If it were any other team relying on good defensive back play early, from I would rookies. say <laughs> what? this is from their rookies. Like I just could, I feel like I could tell where you're going. I'm sorry. I I'll just uh, be from, over here from rookie silence. defensive backs. Yeah, I would say that's a really, 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 really bad idea and right. almost incredibly unlikely to happen. Yeah. Like you want like one rookie in your secondary at a time because. Playing safety and corner is really hard at the NFL level. And corner in particular, safety is one where you can get by. So maybe two rookies, right? But they really, are, they might have three rookies in the rotation that Correct. very heavily. Correct. Yeah, Joshua Williams is, in my <clears throat> opinion, cornerback four at this point. And that's, and that's great. I mean, great size, excellent, uh, excellent athleticism. I think Watson, people shouldn't sleep on him. He's not nearly as athletic. But he uh, he really has like kind of a Sean Smith to him, and like yeah, but you can't run around me, buddy. <laughs> like he just he uses utilizes his length really well, um, plays very physical, way better film than I expected for a seventh rounder. But the the one thing that I keep coming back to in terms of early contributors in the secondary is that this GM and defensive coordinator combo and Dave a, and Dave Merritt. And Dave Merritt. You know what? Yeah, don't sleep on Dave Merritt for sure. They have repeatedly gotten early contributions, even before, honestly, before Spags. And I mean, they've gotten repeat because Juan Thornhill did really well mm-hmm. his first season in. Mm-hmm. Well, that was 19, right? Yep. 19, yeah. yep. Yeah. So, I mean, 
you you see you you see multiple guys, you know, like Ward at cornerback. Everyone knows about Ward and Fenton and Sneed and Bashad Breeland playing well here. He kind of played well everywhere, but playing probably his best football here. Um, they got really good play out of Kendall Fuller. Uh, that is kind of obvious, but you get these guys that come in young and play well. Um, maybe not spectacularly, but well. And it seems like they're able to do it with multiple guys. And this is a really talented group. Um, so I, I think they should be able to, they can count on it more than a normal team would. It still makes me super nervous. Like the number of rookies, when I think about the fact that you've got three guys in the defensive backfield that are going to see a ton of snaps, um, one of them being a starting corner, because corners get picked on if they're an issue. There's nowhere to hide if you're a bad corner. Like, is you just, they go to the well again and again and again. Um, but they're also, you know, maybe relying heavily on, on a guy to play Sam linebacker, unless Elijah Lee wins it out. They're relying on Karloftis. They really rely on a lot of rookies, and it makes me nervous because you almost never hit at that rate, if that makes sense. This is now the third sort of modern sitcom reference of this episode, but I did just sort of hear you say, no, it, it never does. I mean, these people somehow delude themselves into thinking it might, but <laughs> but it might work for us. It might work <laughs> that, for us. That that is that is what I, I sort of heard there, but I, <laughs> I also buy it. Like I, I don't know, man. I just I I like this group to the point that uh maybe I just have my own hearts for eyes because the Chiefs have you know, they they attacked the position this offseason. And it just makes me so happy that I desperately want it to immediately be rewarded. I don't know, but but I yeah. I don't know. I'm not that I'm not that nervous about it. They made up for like four years of drafting no corners, yeah. basically. And like, you know what we got to do this this year? We got to draft all the corners. Like, <laughs> you know, what round is it? I don't care. How many have we drafted? Like three. Let's draft another one. Uh, I almost tried a Spags accent there and I bailed at the last second because mm. there's no way I can do a Spags accent. Well, it sounded like you were... Tempting Nate and I, and I don't think either of us are taking the bait right now. It's, it's gotta, it's gotta come naturally for me. I can't just, you know, it's not like it just lives in here all the time. I... <laughs> <laughs> By the way, one of my favorite, one of my favorite moments of camp is when Spags looked us dead in the eye and was like, "Yesterday was a real practice," and you know what day that practice was, kids? Abs. It was when we were indoors in pads oh. and nobody could see it. Yep. And then I oh. and then I brought it to you via my <laughs> noise modulations. <laughs> this is a this is a question I should probably ask you off the air. And so honestly, Nate, if the answer to this question is yes, please just make another noise. Anybody ever talk to you about that? Did we did we get out clean on that one. Okay, all right. I was really nervous that I was going to get a... Now, 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 it's interesting that sometimes you, you, you catch... You catch people in, a, in, a, in, the, in the right time, in the right frame of mind, and you put out something knowing that the depth chart that is currently unofficial <laughs> is not indeed the depth chart. Are you? And what I'm saying is on Sunday... I told y'all who was and was not doing well at camp. And then they brought one of these people to the podium on Monday. Mm -hmm. And this man needs to have the preseason 
of all preseasons on this roster. So sometimes the unofficial depth chart is official, but other times you just want to get that out there before they tell you the lies that they're going to tell you. <laughs> now, listen, I actually, because of the new showtime, I have not actually been to camp since uh, arrival day, and I certainly wasn't present for any closed door practices. Um, but Seth, I do want to go ahead and point completely independently of anything Nate just said, I do want to point out that Josh Gordon is uh, like wide receiver eight or something on the unofficial depth chart, maybe nine, I suppose. Uh, but he did talk to the media on Monday. And I'm just going to say from my perspective, listening to him, it sounded sort of like maybe a farewell presser just based off of the context clues. I would like for I all you want to talk about feeling bad for a player that had their uh, their their prime cut short. Josh Gordon was one of the most electric things in football, catching oh. passes from Jason Campbell and Brian Hoyer. Like this man deserves to be in put in the Hall of Fame for that year alone. He we really do need like an incredible season wing in Canton. And he yeah, ooh, is, he is I love first that. ballot. Woo, okay. Hold on. All right, stop look, the show. Look, we don't need look. to talk about Josh Gordon anymore. Hold on, stop look, the show. Look, look at look look, I I've done it multiple times in camp where I go to a little website called Pro Football Reference and I look up the twenty thirteen Cleveland Browns. I, are you are you doing what, Peyton Hillis right now? What this man was doing amongst his oh, teammates is <laughs> yeah. virtually Jerry Rice like. No, it's yeah. it's it might be the most. It might be it, better. <laughs> it might be the most incredible single season performance from a wide receiver in NFL history. And I listen, like, please, before anyone goes, oh, but Jason Campbell started eight games, oh. lost seven of them. Oh, Brandon Whedon started five oh. games, zero oh and five, and then Brian Hoyer, the only quarterback to win multiple games as the starting quarterback for the Browns that year, he went three and zero. Oh. And this man, Josh Gordon, was. Uh, the most electric thing in football to the tune of 1,646 yards in 14 games. Games! An average, an average yards per reception number of 18.9. Catching passes from Brian Hoyer, Weedon, and Jason Campbell. He was a yak god. Uh, uh, like, just unbelievable. Uh, unreal. Unreal. So, AP, like... All pro, like pro bowler, obviously. Look, guys, he put up AFL numbers in a 14-game NFL season. I I <gasps> think that having a single season wing of Canton, Easy. like we have to Look, we have we, to build out the rules. It's the best idea you've ever had. It's the best idea that's ever been said on this show. <sighs> Because it, look, it, and they can't all be Tom Brady seasons. Tom, right. if you're if you are he's in already the regular, in. he's camp, already in. Yeah, you don't, yeah. exactly. Right, this you exist. Just, this yes. is honorable like, mentions. Once you're inducted, one. you can't be. Yes, hit me. I, this I've is got this one. is how we're going to get Jamal Charles and Canton. Also, I think I don't know what year it's going to be. I'll figure it out. Like, well, man, there's Jamal Char- Charles belongs in Canton. But anyway, I know. I know. I, I'm, but no, I know. there I'm are certain you. You things I would love to go with the person that I want to say. But I can't because I just realized that in 2005, Sean Alexander, who is not going to go to the Hall of Fame, had 1,800 rushing yards and 27 touchdowns. Oh, my God! 27 touchdowns! LaDainian Tomlinson, who's probably going to the Hall of Fame. Who is a Hall of Famer, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So that, that doesn't count. But, like, so Priest in 03... 1,400 yards rushing, 27 touchdowns. And I was going to say that one, but then I was like, no, I have to say Sean Alexander's. He almost had, it's it's basically 1,900 
and then 27 touchdowns. That's Jamal Charles was just under 2,000 yards from scrimmage in 2013 in 15 games, 19, uh, 1980. Your total yardage number, 19 total touchdowns also. Yeah. Those, he those was the the offense. Like, by the yes. way, like this yeah, is. Take context into account. He was the offense. Which yes. offense? The offense. Like, yeah. hey, coach, who we. Oh, 25? Got it. Like, hey, coach, what, you know, you see some adjustments? F them adjustments. Where's 25? Where's. Yeah, there's got to be something we can do about it. You know, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Okay, here's a good one Charlie Hennigan. Had hit me seven seventeen hundred uh, receiving yards and twelve touchdowns, and that sounds great. In nineteen sixty one, this is what I'm talking about. Is that an it, AFL player? I holy cow! Wait, it had to be <laughs> in nineteen sixty one. That's unbelievable. Do you know what Getting, they were allowed to those, do to wide receivers? They probably got stabbed on some of yes. those routes. Yes. That is legitimately unbelievable. Look, how, did the, how did the mafia not get to this man? How did the mafia <laughs> not get to this man? This would be like the equivalent, like, if so, someone in today's NFL were lining up and they said, hey, hang on before you start. They're like, what? And they threw my 11-year-old <laughs> son on his back and then handed him a puppy and said, keep both of them safe while you run your route. And he's like, uh, go. <laughs> he snapped the ball. The level of difficulty was so much higher. By the way, the passes were not precise as they are now, too. That's that's the beauty of it. My man was getting real yards. Tough hand in the dirt yards. Oh, oh. These, these are real yards. All right, I'm just gonna see one more. Th- I'm just gonna see if there is a. a I've got receiver. I've got one that I would like yes. to submit here. Um, we've talked about the game. I'm thinking about, I believe, multiple <laughs> times before. But uh, let me check. The, the touchdown numbers are not. Let's see. You you have to pick between 2007 and 2009. Or if it's not specific to a year, if we're going just like short term Hall of Famers or whatever, cool cool dude Hall of Famers. I would like Josh Cribbs to be a first ballot inductee. Yes. Oh. Yeah, Dante, Dante Hall also needs to be. Yes, in Dante here, Hall. Be clear. Yeah, right. Oh, like obviously, that one seems like a shoe in for a Chiefs podcast. But I would like to. I would like to start featuring the Josh greatest Cribs. kick returners ever. Oh. Get Josh Cribbs and Dante Hall in the same class. Oh, that's such a good. I've got. I've got one more shout out to my fellow people from Minnesota. When you go through the people that have had the most passing touchdowns in a season, you've got. A bunch of well, for one, you've got Patrick Mahomes in the top two, which is hilarious. I know where you had it. So you've got you see Tom Brady, you see Dan Marino, you see Rogers, Breeze, Mahomes, you even see some Russ Wilson. Like these are future Hall of Famers, and then just boom out of nowhere, Dante Culpepper, yeah, 2004, baby. Yeah, 4,700 baby. yards, 39 touches, and let me tell you, as someone who lived in Minnesota, the fever pitch of excitement around this man. And let me just say, he threw the prettiest deep ball that you have ever seen. And that is, that was an all time season. And I know what you're going to say, Seth, wasn't he throwing it? No, no, no. Don't, don't bother me with who he was throwing to. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> there was some, this, this is like, uh, who was, who was that QB? I think it was from Clemson. Who was like throwing to like Sammy Watkins and DeAndre Hopkins at the same time. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But still, but still. So that, that's hey, man, hey, man, hey, 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 Nate Burleson got a thousand yards that season. Come on now. Yeah, Come on. 
Hey, Burleson could play. Of they course, that's my play. point. They <laughs> had a squad that somehow inexplicably went eight and eight. Houseway. Oh. How? Houseway. Houseway. I guess we every time. Houseway is one of the funniest. What is it with us in pop culture today? We're just. You ain't got the answer, Sway. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys oh. seen where that interview got um got got put over the the beat for the uh, the the song from the new Kendrick album that's just the couple fighting? Oh um, no, I have not seen this. I will send that what? to you right now, oh Seth. You're gonna have God. to listen to the new Kendrick album first uh, if you just will do great. that for me. Um, <laughs> there are some adult themes. I will I will warn you. There are some adult themes in that is album. That, but it's really is this good. That rap music that I've been hearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. It's that it's that hip hop. <laughs> And just on a, compl- I want to hear that. You, you know, you said somehow, like in terms of going eight and eight. Yes. I just have to remind people, like Chiefs fans, this is a perspective thing because there's some Chiefs fans that are kind of. Mike they, Tice they feel, was working miracles as a coach. He was. <laughs> but let me just say, Chiefs fans, I love you guys. You will never compete with Vikings fans, especially now, because in 1998 they went 15 and one. And had the, I mean, they had one of the best offenses the world had ever seen. They had a top six defense. They had simultaneously, let me just make sure I get this right. They had Randy Moss, Chris Carter, and Jake Reed as their three receivers. Those guys could play. They had Robert Smith as the running back. And they're, remember, their kicker who hadn't missed a field goal all, all year. All year. Missed. <laughs> And, and man, man, if there's any Vite, man, if my dad's still, he he's so supportive, dad, I'm so sorry. Because he's still to this day, like, he can't even talk about it. He's like, it's just the most unbelievable thing. And it wasn't even a hard kick. And it was just like, <laughs> how? So, Chiefs fans, it could be worse. And also, Randall Cunningham that year threw for like 3,700 yards. Now, again, that one's a little more like, I know I couldn't live behind an offensive line. Like, I couldn't take a single snap in a pro game. But I feel like if we took out the caveat that I would die, I think I could throw for 2,000 yards throwing to Randy Moss, Chris <laughs> Carter, and Jake Carter. Reed. Like, it's just like, hey, Randy, I'm going to throw this as far as I can. So, like, 20 yards. And and you're going like to catch it. shooting clay pigeons. Like, I don't, yeah. Paul. You just yeah. yell, Paul. I'm just right in the middle of the field. Yeah, but they're going to have the, all their defense just cluster over there. Yep. Yeah, but, I, but Randy or Chris will bring it down. <laughs> it's 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 so it's so funny. I mean, look, this is. I hope people like these journeys because <laughs> I don't know how we got this is what I do. This is what we do for a living. I look up, I just look up stats, and I say, okay, if Josh, like, by the way, I know that you got to go through your reads. I know you understand the offense just as much as Patrick. Chad, we need you to we need you to feed Josh Gordon on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Chad, I yeah. need you to Come feed on, the ball to Josh Gordon. Let's see it. Let's see it one. Like I don't know if Josh is going to make the roster as of right Let's now. Let's get this man a job in Chicago right now. Yeah, it, it doesn't look it, as of right now. It doesn't look promising. But Chad, we know your spot secure because. Mm, 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 mm. You know what? QB is- QB three and four are just. Now look, maybe maybe it's a little different when the lights come on. Okay, I'm gonna give you that, fellas. When the lights come on, I hope to see something much different than what I've seen earlier in camp. But 
I, Nobody I, has better job security than Chad Henney. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Henney. Chad Henney could show up to work naked Drunk. Tomorrow. Yeah, he could show and, up drunk yeah, and get and, this and, job. And Andy Reid would just be like, hey, uh, Chad, why don't you sit these next few plays out and uh, put some shorts on, buddy? Because <laughs> so we, uh, the re- this is exactly <laughs> This is the this is exactly the reason why we put it on you, Chad. Because I cannot expect Shane Bouchel to get the ball to Josh Gordon consistently in a gotta have it preseason game. Okay, I'm putting it on you, Chad. Like this is based on what I've seen in camp. Like this is you know this is just the reality of where we at. So look, Corey Coleman can run them routes. Okay, uh, who the new guy? Like he can run them routes. Devin right? Gray. Devin yeah. Gray. His name. Like you played in the USFL, like congratulations on being here. Make it work. If Chad Henney cannot make it work for Josh Gordon, then we will always have to just quick tab 2013 Cleveland Browns pro football reference. That's that's where we are. Uh, yeah. We are also like already just several minutes later than we should be. And I there's one there is one absolute elephant in the room or actually elephant living in Seth's house. As far <laughs> as I can tell that Seth, do you have two minutes to hear the funniest part of this from my perspective and also I, bring the listeners up to speed? Or is this is this the intro next week? No, no, I it's absolutely fine. My wife doesn't have a phone, so I can always tell her I tried calling. <laughs> you should call her now and then just hang up immediately so when she finds it later it's like oh miss call i tried honey i tried uh, I just... yeah you know she's too smart for that yeah that's uh, you know ah. what? no i'm gonna i'm gonna i did text her but no i wanna yes it's been a joyous week in the kaiser household so I just want to, I'll just give my perspective on this and you can fill in all the gaps, but there's the tweet that you put out that's, well, we did a thing, any blue healer experts out there, and it is your, it is your beautiful daughter and beautiful puppy. It is a adorable picture. Yep. It, yes. It's, it is as cute as it could possibly be. And so I saw that. I was like, hell yeah, they got a dog. This puppy looks adorable. All these kids are going to be so happy. How many kids do you have now? 12, 13? Is it still, you still taking more? Okay. It doesn't matter. Um, and then I scrolled through the comments because I'm not familiar with blue healers personally. I mentioned this to Renee. She knew where this ended up going, but then she went through the the dimensions and here is what absolutely ruled to me. I'm just going to read a bunch of uninterrupted portions of these tweets. I hope you have a big yard. You need to give them tons of exercise or they get anxious and insane. Can confirm very active breed. They shed a lot during the summer. Hide everything in the backyard you don't want chewed up. (laughs) And inside. Train with lots and lots of play. High energy dogs. They need time to run. Keep it active or it will get destructive. Kong toys. Keep them busy. Idle time is the devil's playpen. You're about to get skinny chasing it. Seth, do you did you know what you had done? Because as I read those, I was laughing out loud to nobody. I was in a room by myself cackling, <laughs> just imagining you also scrolling through the replies and your face just getting more and more sunken with each passing tweet. I I knew I knew that it's uh it was one of those Australian shepherd type dogs. <laughs> and so I knew that this is like this, this is, is your life. We've got five kids. Yeah. Because like what we're doing right now, especially during the summer, it's 
All right, cool. You're going to go outside with the puppy now for a while and run around with her. Hey, Isabel, now you're going to go outside with the puppy. And as she gets bigger, you know, it'll be the bigger kids taking her on walks and stuff. But there are other things here. There's like no fence is too high. Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's just like. Because uh, they're, they're. Genetically bred to outlast sheep. Yeah, like, it's just like, hey, we're gonna be, we have to be better than sheep in every possible way. Okay, we'll bleep them up. <laughs> yep, it's it's a lot. And so I here, here's the uh, here's the good news. And I actually thought I would tell you this, man. My daughter's beautiful. I'm just looking at this picture. Um, she's also part, um, just a small part, but part uh, Great Pyrenees. Mm. And if you're not familiar with Great Pyrenees, they are basically a Tyrannosaurus Rex with hair. Yeah, what? They are huge. And so What what but, do you mean part Great Pyrenees? These dogs are these dogs are polar bears. I no, they're 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 enormous. And that makes me think a whole bunch of things that I don't really want to think about in terms oh. of dog breeding. So I just try not to not to occupy my mind with such things. Yeah, thanks for sharing that with us though. Appreciate it. <laughs> Now every single person in our audience is. My wife about won't stop talking about. about. She's like, "How do you think? I'm, I don't want to talk about it." Oof. And so now, if I have to suffer, you have to suffer because jazz. Won't what leave a me great alone. theory behind a podcast. <laughs> so if I have to suffer, you have to suffer is a killer name for a podcast. I'd listen to that. Anyway, here's the thing, though. They're a very chill dog. So I've got I've got two options here as I see it. I'm either going to have a Blue healer sized dog with a great Pyrenees temperament. Mm. Or, <laughs> or, or, I'm basically going to have a living velociraptor in my house. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, I am hey, going to, hey, like. Hey, God, Godspeed. Godspeed, <laughs> good sir. See, see, tune in next time to see if Seth is still alive. <laughs> yep. Just like. And so we just, and if any dog lovers are listening in our little word, I love dogs, grew up with dogs and we will do absolutely everything to be really great and responsible dog owners. And we do have several backup plans, people that live on farms and stuff. If it doesn't work out and not like not farm like, upstate, not, no, not that kind of farm. I remember I, well, I do live in upstate. Kids, the kids, the kids will go inside we, and the dog will go to the farm upstate. <laughs> we do have, we do have, and when we live on seven acres, We've got a lot of room to run. Although the problem is the one township road right by our house, the neighbor across the street has a bunch of cows. And I mentioned oh, that dude. to someone who owns a owns a blue healer. And they're like, dude, I don't know how you're going to walk that dog by those oh. cows. Because it is going to say, you know what those cows need? They need to be grouped into a tiny circle. Why is no one grouping these cows? Uh, uh, why is no one doing it? I'll do it. I'll save them. And that's going to be amazing. <laughs> I just hope that you develop a good relationship with your neighbor very soon because they're about to have a much smaller collection of cows. <laughs> Not fewer cows, just smaller space. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Uh, okay, well, that that's the end of the show. I just needed to, I needed to, to keep us uh, updated. Please, Seth, please, if there's anything, any note whatsoever where you do ex- begin experiencing great regret or great exhaustion, anything that would just be funny would make me laugh like your pain, um, please just write that down <laughs> so you don't forget to tell us about it. Gotcha. Um, and in the meantime, maybe we get a film <sighs> review eventually if the, yeah. uh, if the routes are crisp. You can uh, check those out at mnchiefsfan.substack.com. Seth's going to do some uh, breakdown of the, uh, the dog. Oh, what's the dog's name, by the way? Ooh, good uh, Kiko. What is it? Kiko. 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 That is that is Japanese for hope. 
Um, my my middle sister's name is Yukiko. I'm a quarter Japanese, and and so we went with Kiko, and then we 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 found out that Kiko means hope, and so basically, in trying to avoid naming my dog after my sister, I named uh-huh. my dog after my sister. Yeah, yeah, huh? Because uh, I was about to ask a follow up question about your sister Hope, but that's not her name is just Hope. Yes. Yeah. Well, her name is Hope Yukiko. Okay. Kaiser. Okay. Which, man, I'm just doxing my sister online. And well, her last name isn't Kaiser. She's been married for a decade. That's fine. But now don't say her actual new last name and she'll be harder <laughs> to dox. So you, I think you did the right thing there. Yeah. So you um, did name, you, you sort of doubly named your dog after your sister. I bet she loves that. She, um, oh, she, she thought it was on purpose. And fortunately, there's literally no way she listens to this show. So. That, well, that's good. Also, you could just tell her that your whole family was a really big friend, a really big fan of the linebacker from a few years back, Kiko Alonso. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that one, I I hope he has nothing like uh, horribly problematic in his Wikipedia page or whatever, because I'm not going to make it there to look in time before the show's over. Uh, so anyway, we'll see uh, Kiko versus the all 22 of the cows, 22 cows, <laughs> one dog, who wins? That'll be in the newsletter soon. Uh, and then Nate's piece on the uh, on the corners, on, on, on the rookies, uh, Trip McDuffie and Brian Cook. Uh, that'll be out maybe by the time you're actually hearing this. You can follow all of us on Twitter at Real MN Chiefs Fan, at by Nate Taylor, at JB Briscoe. And then, Nate, I'll give you the uh, the final word. I don't know if it's dog advice, Chiefs advice, pre-seat. It's up to you. Just, just enjoy it, guys. It's okay. Like, you don't have to watch every snap on Saturday. But just, <laughs> just, just enjoy it for what it is, guys. If you watch every snap, hey, more credit to you. But you you don't have to, you know. We'll we'll, we'll inform you. Um, it's it's just it's just the start. Uh, so it's a Saturday. Weather looks nice where we are. Might be even better where you is. It's it's totally okay. Uh, and we'll we'll get that to you. And look, until proven otherwise, remember Isaiah Pacheco is a camp legend. Until proven otherwise, and I don't think it's gonna happen Saturday. So um, we'll, we'll get that to you, as always. But you, you don't got to watch all these snaps. We, 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 we know. We know. You know. 